0: Hey everybody, this is Chris Morgan from Halloween Unleashed, and I'm back to tell you a little something about Built Bar. Now, Built Bar is a protein bar that is for you and me. Now, if you're anything like me, and you've tried every protein bar on the planet, and it tastes like, ugh, just nasty. Well, go over to BuiltBar.com and get yourself 10% off this special order. It actually tastes like... A candy bar it's only got about three grams of sugar on average it's got 180 calories and 20 grams of protein not only that they have amazing flavors they're releasing new flavors all the time and they're coming out with the blueberry lemon now I just tried that not too long ago and if you like blueberries and you like lemon that is amazing it, it is 100% real chocolate 100% real fruit, and if you're like me and have gluten allergies, guess what? It's gluten free. Get yourself 10% off your order of $20 or more by heading over to BuiltBar.com. You will you will thank me later. All right, everybody, we are back talking about your ball sack. That's right, we are talking about your ball sack. And do you want to always stay in place, be independent, and have roomy space and stay dry with no rubbing? Well, then you need to look into Separatech. Separatech, that's S E P A R A T E C dot com. Separatech dot com. Now, what is Separatech? Separatech is underwear that are designed with patent dual pouch technology. What that means is, you're going to keep your balls and your love in place. Pretty much, when you wear general underwear, you're you're constantly adjusting the boys, you're nested in constraint, and you get sticky and itchy. How many times have you been in traffic and you haven't been able to reach down there and adjust the boys when they have slid down into the nether regions? Well, there's no more of that. No no more risk of getting into a car accident trying to adjust your nuts. Now you can get Separatech Dual Pouch Technology. It's patented. And they're giving 10% off for Father's Day. If you go to Separatech.com and enter in your email address, they will instantly give you 10% off to try it. And if you don't like it, you can return it with no questions asked. The way I always look at Separate Tech is it's a glove for your love. So go ahead, go to separatetech.com and get that glove for your love.
1: Welcome to the Halloween Unleashed podcast. And now, here are your hosts for the week.
0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Chris Morgan, and welcome to Halloween Unleashed. This week, we get into part two with Sandy Johnson, and this week we talk about her time on John Carpenter's classic Halloween, Um, and then she's also going to answer all the audience questions that were submitted back in April through uh, our various social media channels on Instagram and on Facebook. So um, we have that in store for you today. Do not forget June 28th is the live Halloween Unleashed episode with Marianne Hagen coming back to the show to talk with each and every single one of you live. So uh that is going to be extremely exciting. Um this week I don't have Aaron here for us to break down this episode and uh that is my bad. Um Every six months or so, I have an evaluation to go over with, um, my son's therapists and we do that when, um, he's not around. So the only time to do that is when they go down for sleep. So therefore, um, tonight his mom and I are going to be talking to, um, his therapist and, um, there just wasn't enough time to get this camaraderie back on the docket for us to work together to get an episode out by Friday as promised. So with that being said, you're going to get uh, Sandy for about the next hour um, all to yourself and um, got a lot of feedback from the last week's episode that it was interesting that um you know, to hear about her early upbringings and her early career work. And there's some things in there that people just didn't know, which was awesome. Um, so we want to thank her for once again, giving us her time and we're excited that we're able to bring you part two today. And, um, hopefully at some point she'll want to get on a live episode with us and maybe we can bring her back to the show later this season. Um, as mentioned before, starting July 3rd is the month of July is going to be all about masks, independent masks and the various uh, replicas. Um, on July 3rd, we got the H8 Mofuga mask. And I'm sure that we'll talk about some other things in between. So we'll cover everything that is Halloween 8, but it's going to be focused on the Mofuga. So um then on July 10th, we're going to cover the 7 mask. Um, oh, I'm sorry. On July 10th, we're going to cover the JTK mask. And then um, on July 17th, it will be the 7 H2O mask. So, uh, big, big month of July, and uh, couldn't be more excited for it. Um, so, looking forward to everything we've got in store feels good to be back with all of you um after that month long break it felt like it was a 5 minute break didn't even wasn't even able to come up for air so uh but it still feels good to be back getting some new content out there uh, a lot of the pms direct messages whatever you want to call them that i've gotten has um been all positive saying you know, it feels good to have the show back. It's good to have new content. So, um, there's a lot out there that do love getting their weekly episodic Halloween unleash, leashed content. Um, working on a few new shirt ideas for all of you that have been requested. I'm trying to work more direct with Greg Rawls of uh, Just Right Printing, and. You know, in order for him to um, make it cost-effective for me, for you, for him, etc., because um, everybody's got to win. Um, there's a 12-shirt minimum order. So um, when we come up with a new design, we're going to try and get get it through his company because not only are you guys going to get a better deal, I'm going to get a better deal, and he's going to get a better deal. So we're trying to help everybody out here and uh, cutting out the inflated um, uh, prices elsewhere because there's a, a hundred different t-shirt companies I can go through. I've been using Public. It's fine. It's, it's easy, simple, um, and it's, it's great. But at the same time, if I can help shave a few dollars off for you guys, why wouldn't I do that? Because at the end of the day, it's about you and about what you want and about the designs that you want. So um, we'd have a design in progress with the uh, Attitude Era uh, TGI UF logo. Um, it's in the old WWF scratch um, Attitude Era uh, font style. Uh, we got that on the docket with Greg and we're just waiting for the for the minimum order. Um, if not, it will be tossed up on Tee Public, and you guys can go over there and grab what you want, but, um, we're going to give that some time, but if you, if you want one of those, shoot me a direct message and, uh, I will add it to the list, but, um, I think that's going to do it for me this week. Um, we're going to try and get, um some Halloween Kills type content out in the next week or two as well. So a lot coming up here, and uh, Aaron and I are looking forward to hooking back up next week to record some more content for you. But uh, enjoy Sandy Johnson, and we will talk to everyone live on June 28th. Take care, everyone.
2: Right, so Blumhouse required my permission before they could use that footage and they were just about finished with production and uh, of course two weeks before that I hadn't been found yet so they had pretty much given up on being able to use that and then whenever Rick found me and he he called and told them that he had found me well then they wanted to get a hold of me because they really wanted to use that footage in the graveyard as a flashback so that's how it came about is, yes, they did. They did have to get my permission to use it.
0: Uh, did you uh, and and this is a joke. I mean, I'm you know, this is the first time you and I have spoken by phone, but I, I do have a very dry sense of humor. But I was just going to throw out and, I, and then I realized, well, she doesn't know me. So uh, she's not going to get this joke. But I was going to say, well, you know, if you want to use a flashback scene, the only way I agree to that is you find a way to throw me in the film. Other than that, but. It's a joke, but
2: <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I wish they had thrown me in the film. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, so uh, moving back here, you, when did you, um when did you start getting into the convention circuit? Was it the 25 years of terror uh, convention that you jumped in for the first time or did you do any appearances before then around Halloween?
2: Um, My first convention was at the uh, Halloween 40 in Pasadena.
0: Okay, so that uh, the 40th one was your first one?
2: Yes. Okay. In fact, I was in Pasadena twice in, in a week because I went there also for the premiere of Halloween 2018. So that was a busy week
0: for sure for sure um now because you were a little bit hard to find you know obviously to get your permission was was that the reason that you weren't a guest at the 25 and the 30 and the 35 years of terror was that was that why or they just couldn't get uh locate you
2: right nobody knew where i was and i didn't know anybody was looking to find me so we weren't uh crossing paths
0: Gotcha. Well, I know that there's a lot of fans that had taken a lot of pictures with you that weekend that posted them. I follow a lot of them, and I know a lot of people were really excited that you were that you were there. And you've done some Monster Mania ones, correct? Is is that correct?
2: Yes, I've done some Monster Mania and Days of the Dead and uh, Texas Frightmare, and then I have some others coming up. I have the Chicago flashback weekend and horror hound in Indianapolis and uh, for the love of horror in the UK.
0: Very nice. So it seems like that you're off to the races when it comes to the convention circuit. Like I said earlier, kissing babies, shaking hands. I mean, uh, right now we're practicing (laughs) social distancing, so probably not. But, um, you know, I'm looking at through here that you were, you have three credits as well. Um, Obviously one of them we just talked about, which was the 2018 Halloween, but you were also in the American nightmare where you played yourself. Uh, What was that about? And what did you do as yourself? I I have not seen that. So.
2: I believe that one is, is uh, they're just like, I can't think what you call that when they, it, they just, they just go through and they have excerpts from a lot of different movies of the same genre. Okay. I th- think that's all it was.
0: Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. I
2: and haven't then, actually seen that one.
0: I'm going to, I'm putting that on my list to check out because I want to know more about it and then I'll shoot you a message and let you know. Oh, okay. <laughs> the the next one um i'm seeing uh saucy's or uh, saucy 70s volume two what uh do you know anything about that
2: i do not <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right moving on uh, so
2: <laughs> i do know that tear in the aisles i know about tear in the aisles
0: <laughs> yeah it, yeah um so you were also like, you got a thanks and Myers rise of the boogeyman. It was a short, um, did you do anything with that? Or is that just something that like, it was a fan film and someone gave you a, a thank you. Do you, do you know anything about
2: that? Uh, just to thank you. I think most of the, there are several of the fan films out there, some very good ones really. Um, uh, but no, they, I think they were just giving me credit.
0: Very nice. I'll have to link you to two to that I did way back. I think you'd probably okay, enjoy that. Okay, that's great. Um, moving on, um, we're going to get into Halloween. And is there anything else that I missed that you would like to cover? Um, that's all I was able to, to grab, but I want to leave it to you if there's anything else that I missed. Uh,
2: I can't really think of anything other than I'm – I've started taking acting lessons again. And so hopefully I will have more opportunities to make additional films.
0: All right. Um, So we're back here now. We're going to dive in deep. This is uh, Sandy Johnson who played Judith Myers in Halloween. And now this portion of it, we got to know the lady that became Michael's older sister and John Carpenter's classic Halloween, and now we're gonna we're gonna take some uh, we're gonna do a deep dive with her and Sandy. We we do have a lot of audience questions. We're gonna get to by the end of this, if that's okay.
2: That'll be fine.
0: Perfect. So tell us a little bit how you got involved in the casting of Halloween, because people got to understand that that especially the younger generation that is listening to my show that they think everything is done by email and done by FaceTime like you and I are doing or done electronically they don't understand that back in the day there was there was a process to get cast or even get a chance for auditioning tell us a little bit about your experience how you got the 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 breakdown for Judith Myers how you got involved in the casting for John Carpenter's Halloween.
2: I received a call from the Playboy agency that said that they were, uh, they were auditioning for uh, young women. um, And that it was a horror film and that they wanted, they would like me to, um, to audition. So I was uh, I was taken to a house. They were actually auditioning at a house that was in the neighborhood up where they were filming. And I was taken into a room with several people. I don't really remember who they are, but I'm assuming that it was uh, probably Deborah Hill and John Carpenter and other people. It was a long time ago. But I remember sitting there and they were asking me a lot of questions. They had me read several different parts and they had me scream which was kind of weird because we were in a residential neighborhood so I I did the I did the readings and the interview and they said okay well thank you very much we'll be in touch and I thanked them and left and I think it was probably the next day the agency called me and said that I had been cast as Judith
0: wow now, do you um, and if you said this, I'm I, I'm sorry, I it just it cut out just a little bit, but did uh, did you mention who call you called you? Was it your agency or was it somebody from the production that called you?
2: It was the Playboy agency. I was listed with the Playboy modeling and acting agency.
0: Gotcha. So, um, just to make sure that the audience understands, um, when you're in the business you really don't have any communication with the actual production. It all goes through your agency or who you're represented by and then they do kind of like the middleman work and then you you get involved when they need you to get involved, correct?
2: That's correct. I really had nothing to do with any of it that I just went down. I interviewed, you know, they said, thank you very much. And then the, I'm sure the call goes back to my agent and the details are worked out. And then my agent contacts me and the agent handles everything after that tells me where to be and when, and what to take with me and all of those things. So my next contact with the production company or would be when I'm actually brought into the set.
0: Great. Um, now, when you auditioned there, who was, who was present and anybody that we would know, or is it just like somebody that was involved that maybe doesn't get a whole lot of notoriety in the series?
2: Um, again, you know, I don't really remember. I just remember that there were several people sitting across from me at the table. And I'm, like I said, I assume it was Deborah Hill and
0: gotcha. John okay.
2: Carpenter and um yeah i'm not i'm not sure who else who was there
0: um did you did you know that this was going to be for a, a film about halloween i mean like tell us a little bit about what information they actually gave you
2: they they didn't give me a whole lot of information they just said that it was it was a um it was a horror movie and that there was a, uh, a person in a mask that was killing all of the babysitters in the neighborhood. And uh, that's, yeah, I think that's about all they told me.
0: That's all you needed to hear, right? You were in.
2: <laughs> it's all I, that's all I needed. But,
0: <laughs> gotcha. um, You know, I'm probably jumping ahead a little bit because we're we're talking pre- before you got into the shooting of it. But what's it like knowing all these years later? I mean, obviously at that time, I'm just trying to paint a picture for everybody listening, is when you get cast in something like that, it's the first of its kind. I mean, obviously there's been, it's still going on with sequels to this day, but at that time that was the original. How does it feel going on, what were you, 42 years later where you're looking back and saying, my goodness, I've been part of this franchise since its inception. And you were the first kill on screen. I mean, that's pretty monumental, but I can't even speak. Uh, That's pretty (laughs) monumental. um, When you really peel back the layers of the onion there and look at it from a, from a different perspective. I mean, just think about that. How does that make you feel knowing 42 years later that you were the first kill in Halloween?
2: Well, I must admit it's pretty amazing. I wish that I had been more cognizant at the time that that was a possibility. I I probably would have taken a lot more behind-the-scenes pictures and uh, maybe taken a few mementos. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't do any of those things. But now looking back, I think it. I feel extremely lucky that I was selected for the role and that I that I got to work with John Carpenter and. Uh, it was just um, it it was an amazing opportunity and and now that it's become such an iconic film and to be a part of that it's just it's truly awesome and I feel very blessed
0: well absolutely that's um, you know us as fans getting to obviously get getting to meet you and getting to I mean you probably get a lot of these same questions a lot but you know getting to get down to the business side and and what led you to that is probably a lot of really cool stuff that fans haven't gotten from you and that's why I like to do these deep dives with people that were involved because you're not getting asked the same questions over and over that you probably answered a million times um so when when you get that call how soon from the time you were told that you were cast, did you know what the part was that you walk on the set? How much time did you have? And did you meet with anybody for any rehearsals or did you meet with your co workers or anything?
2: I think it, it was probably not more than a week before um, we shot that. And I do not think I met any place other than the Myers house. I'm pretty sure I went straight there.
0: Right on. Uh, getting to that part. I mean, like, um, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask it. I mean, you can divulge as much as you want. Um, all this is editable. I can take stuff out that you don't want in there. It's totally fine. Um, that had to be a little daunting knowing that okay, well this is going to be the opening few minutes of the film and basically you're going to die with your top off. How was that how was that presented to you? I can't imagine it 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 wasn't handled with as much tact probably as it would be today.
2: Right. Well, I was a nude model and I had done many uh, nude shoots some of which were out in the open like on the beach as well as in studios and things so I wasn't terribly concerned about that I'm assuming that's why they went to the playboy agency looking gotcha. because they needed someone who would be okay with that so I wasn't um terribly worried about it
0: right on um Thank you for answering that. Um, I was You're trying welcome. to, I was trying to ask it in a way that was respectful. So if I seem like I was a little nervous at asking it, it's just like, you know, I mean, this is the first time you and I've ever talked. So I didn't want you to think, well, man, who's this creep asking me this question? So,
2: <laughs> but uh, that's a legitimate question.
0: Okay, good, good. Um, so, did you get a chance to 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 meet the infamous Mustafa Akkad, and if so, what what was he like?
2: I don't think I did get to meet him. Uh, if I did, I didn't recognize the significance of it at the time, and so it didn't stay with me. But I don't think I met him.
0: Gotcha. Um, so you had like a week to prepare. Did they, did they send you like sides for your scene? Did, were you given any, any notes about what John Carpenter was looking for, uh, when you got to the scene or did you get there and say, hi, I'm Sandy. And then he worked with you or walk us through that a little bit. Sorry. There was a lot to unpack there.
2: I think, yeah, I think I did get, um, the script, at least my part of the script was uh, given to me by the agency. And then when I got to the site, they were explaining the whole scenario, what was going to happen. They showed me the house, what we would be doing in each location. And we, um, we went through rehearsals with, uh, you know, John kind of did not Demonstrated what he wanted. And then we went upstairs and, and again, they kind of demonstrated what they wanted. And then I think we, we only did, I think a couple takes, maybe two or three takes. And uh, it it took a while, (laughs) but um, definitely a lot longer than your boyfriend
0: lasted. Right. It's a joke. (laughs)
2: Yes. (laughs) Yeah. That's kind of a weird part of the script.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been talked about on uh, fan forums for, for since they were invented, you know, they, 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 that, that poor, that poor gentleman has gotten raked over the coals so many times over the years. And it's, I feel bad for him. <laughs> Have you ever talked to him since that, or has he been to any of these conventions, or is he just kind of one of those things you never saw him again after that?
2: I did. I actually met uh, David Kyle at H forty. He was at the table next to me.
0: Nice. And
2: he doesn't actually enjoy doing cons, but he <laughs> I can wanted bet he would. That one because <laughs> he said he wanted. Yeah. He <laughs> said he wanted to see me again, so uh that's why he was there and it was actually really nice meeting him.
0: <laughs> right on. Um so did um David Kyle, you mentioned his name. My my mind was drawing a blank. Um did did you get to uh, talk with him about the scene and walk through the scene at all before it was shot or is it just kind of like, "Hey, let's let's meet meet on set and just kind of go from there
2: I think we just met on the set
0: okay um
2: I'm I'm sure that we probably talked through it on the set for a little while before we actually started doing actual rehearsals
0: right on um now, Dean Cundey, the director of photography of the film, um, was very famous for shooting day for night a lot of times, where he'd block off certain windows and shoot certain things that's during the day and make it appear as it's nighttime. Was yours, was yours a full night shoot? How, if so, again, this is a lot to unpack. If so, how many nights uh, was it on, of shooting that scene?
2: I was just there for one day and I think it was nighttime that we were shooting. We, we might've done some of the rehearsals and things during the day, but it seemed like it was at night that we actually did the shoot.
0: Right on, right on. Um, Now, for those that don't know, I mean, I, I know how call sheets work, but some people that are listening to this may not, now, do do they give you a block of time like, hey, we need you here by X time during the day so that we can do re- re- rehearsals and all that stuff? And then from this time to this time, we're going to be shooting the scene. And then after that, you're cut or, you know, walk us through that a little bit.
2: Well, it was a very low budget film, so it didn't have some of the... Um official things that you might find in in some of the bigger films sure. but they did have me there for the whole day I don't know that they really blocked it out telling me when things would take place because I'm not always sure they knew when things were going to take place
0: oh for sure the
2: set yeah. was pretty chaotic they were trying to get the house fixed up to make it um look new like it was for my scene because it was very dilapidated when they were doing the actual filming of the rest of the movie. And then they did my scene last. And so they fixed up the house for that. So they were still kind of fixing up things and getting it all ready, even that day.
0: Very interesting. These are all the things that you don't know when watching it. Um, it, it, it's just like this is why I love these type of uh, deep dives is, again, you got you get to peel back the curtain a little bit and and look behind the curtain from people that were actually there, which I always love. Um, now, was there any uh, like what was John Carpenter like to work with? I know you probably get that question a lot, but. Um, I just want to ask that, you know, because I always hear that he's very detailed and but he can come off as kind of gruff, I've I've heard, and from other people not so much. So what was your experience like?
2: He was very serious and uh he he did he was very specific in saying kind of what he wanted, wanted it to be playful downstairs and just kind of a teasing thing and fun and then of course upstairs he wanted it to be more of a kind of a shocking uh surprise uh kind of event um i i i didn't find him gruff i found him more serious and uh, concentrating on what was going on more than gruff really
0: sure sure um I mean, obviously, you were you were on set with 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 David um, that you worked with, but is there anybody like on the crew side of things that you bonded with um, while while you were there? And if so, do you have any fun stories from that?
2: Um, the only person I really remember having just an unusual amount of interaction with actually was Jamie Lee, because she was helping clean me off with with the blood pellets because oh, the person who was doing it was rather rough and so she was actually helping me do that in a more gentle fashion making sure we got it all off between the takes so that was the only thing I really remember from it that kind of stood out for me
0: that's awesome so uh, did did you get to spend a lot of time with her and or form some sort of a like girl bond behind the scenes or was it just kind of like she she kind of was was kind of there to help out
2: um of course everybody was trying to help out you know because it was a small budget and they didn't have a lot of extra people to do a lot of the job so everybody was doing stuff to help um but I would say just the bonding from having someone (laughs) wipe you down when you're naked, maybe that's a bit of a bond, but,
0: uh, (laughs) it always, it always works for me, but (laughs)
2: yeah.
0: So it was, it was Deborah Hill throughout that entire scene that was, you know, playing the, the Michael's hand and all that. Um, Tell us a little bit about when they shot that. Cause obviously we're getting a, a POV from his perspective and you were staring back, breaking the fourth wall, all that stuff uh, was, was Deborah standing right off the side of the camera and um, walk us through how they kind of blocked that out uh, when they were going to come upstairs and all that.
2: Right. We, um, when we got up the stairs, or when they got up the stairs, I was obviously already there. She was basically right underneath the camera. And so right under it, kind of next to it. And so as they approached, she was just walking with it. And she reached down and picked up the mask, put it over her face. And then uh, then I, of course, turned around and she starts stabbing me. So, yeah, she was she was fairly close to me um so some of those you know some people say it looked like she wasn't stabbing me i guess she could have been a little bit closer maybe that part would have worked a little better but yeah she was she was just right there with the camera
0: very nice um now let's get to the let's get to the release um We've heard infamous stories about um, the rap party of when everything was done. Were, were you invited to that? If so, um, did you go or did you set that one out and just wait to go watch it in theaters with everybody else?
2: The only thing I remember attending was they did a a showing, they did like a premiere, but it wasn't really a premiere. It was just everybody involved with the film and their family were invited to a theater to see the film before it was released. Uh, And then it was like released the next day or something. So I did go to that, but I can't remember if there was another party or not actually.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Um, Are you ready to take some audience questions? sure perfect uh, now i i compiled questions and comments and everything from my instagram from facebook and we're gonna we're gonna answer the instagram one first and then we're gonna go into the facebook ones if that's fine okay uh this is just this is not a question this is just a comment um her real name is Aubrey, but uh, her, her handle on Instagram is Moody Blues Baby 67. She says, oh, my God, I love her so much. She's really sweet with a heart. Aw. So.
2: Thank you. I find that uh, that would be me talking about many of the fans. They are super sweet and definitely have heart
0: well uh Brandon small he also kind of uh says kind of the same thing, but he says she's awesome, hung out with her in California. I guess he's talking about the Halloween fortieth uh convention, so that's he's throwing you a little love there um nice. We kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but you know it would be irresponsible of me as a host not to throw this person's question in. Um, I'm going to try to pronounce this correctly because, again, these are all Instagram handles, and I I may butcher them, so I'm sorry. Uh, But this (laughs) this guy or person's name is Jew Bacons and has three questions. Number one, did she ever expect the film to become as impactful as it has?
2: No. I never did. In fact, I had no idea until a couple of years ago when my current agent got a hold of me that Halloween had become a big film. I I did not know.
0: Right on. This next question that it comes from the same person. It's kind of like a repeat of what the first one was. So I'm going to skip it. Um, Number three that he asked or she uh, was, how has the film changed your life?
2: Well, well, of course, originally, I uh, it was a credit for me, so it helped me get other jobs, and it was experience for me, so it's always good to have experience doing films and on the set and working with a director. For current time, and it has made a huge impact in my life. Because now I'm getting invited to places all over the country and now even the world and I'm getting to visit with hundreds of just awesome horror fans that I I didn't even know there was such a thing as uh, conventions like this. So that has definitely changed my life and it's been a ton of fun.
0: Now, um, I don't mean to sidebar on this, but, you know, this is kind of can help. I can kind of understand where you're coming from there in a much smaller degree uh but i back when i was doing masks full-time i would go to conventions and set up a booth and all that stuff and i would meet people from the front like fans of the of the masks from the fan from the franchise that would come by and i'd sit there and i'd talk with them for for hours and etc and i and I remember after I did the first one, it was like a high that I had never experienced before. And you being an actress was the first kill of the first film that so many people have gravitated to you and now are excited to meet you. I don't want to put words in your mouth. I want you to answer this your own way. What, ha- you know, like I just described, it was a high for me. Would you, would it be fair to say that it was the same for you? And if so, describe that, describe that feeling that I can't.
2: Okay. Well, my first experience with it was of course at age 40. I I had seen some Facebook posts and stuff that had actually been on my agent's uh, page. So I got a little bit of a taste that people were interested in meeting me. But when I got to age 40 and they opened the doors and instantly I had a line so far, I couldn't even see the end of it. And I I just went, oh, my gosh, this is craziness. And then when the people started to come up to me, I mean, they were hugging me. They were so excited to see me. They told me they loved me they just, I mean, they were just pouring all this love onto me and it was just, it was incredible. Yes, it was, it was an amazing high. And I, I don't know that I've ever had so much fun. And whenever it was over, I just said to my agent, I wanted, I want to do a lot of those. (laughs) That was really fun. And so going into it, I had no idea what to expect and came in, coming out from it, I was totally addicted. And uh, I couldn't even get enough there. So I, like I said, I had to go ahead and do the social media so I could continue to interact with them and and feel that love go back and forth between us.
0: Well, absolutely. And, um, you know, I'm glad that we're able to share with the audience um, what that's like. And uh, do you have any People always want to know, do you have, I mean, obviously we're, we're in unprecedented times right now, but when the convention circuit gets rolling again, hopefully sooner rather than later, do you have anything potentially lined up where people can come meet you uh, when the convention circuit gets going again?
2: So, So which conventions am I booked for? Is that your question?
0: Yeah. You know, do you have anything that when the convention circuit gets rolling again, do you have anything lined up that you're going to be doing?
2: Right. I have um, the Chicago Flashback Weekend. And uh, let's see what the date of that is. That one is... July 31st through August 2nd. And then I have the Whorehound uh, Indy in Indianapolis. That one is September 18th through the 20th.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Then in October, I have the one in UK for the Love of Horror, which is October 17th and 18th. Those are the ones I have booked right now.
0: Um,
2: this I, is little... I'm hoping at some point they'll reschedule the monster Palooza.
0: Yeah, it's, yeah, everything's up in the air. And I'm, I'm really hoping that the July one happens for you too, because we just don't know, you know, it's, and that's, that's the scary part. I think the scariest part of this whole thing is just not knowing um, what the, what right. the future is going to hold, especially in the immediate future. Um, yeah, we have, I, I'm down in central Florida. We have, um, conventions twice a year, horror conventions that if you have any say to, to your manager or whatever, um, it'd be cool next time that they're doing some sort of a Halloween reunion. They did that back in 2015. The last time they did it, they had the entire, uh, Halloween part one, part two, Uh, Carpenter, Wallace, everybody was here. Uh, But it's called Spooky Empire. And if you ever have an opportunity to be part of that, um, there's a lot of Halloween fans down here that would love to say hey. And uh, I know I would like to buy you and your husband a drink or or something and and definitely be able to meet (laughs) up with you.
2: Thank you. Yes, I would love to come there. Um, Hopefully I will be invited at some point.
0: This next one from Instagram is goes by Majin Mello Um, has a few questions. Number one, out of the whole franchise, including remakes in 2018, which Halloween film does she enjoy watching the most?
2: I enjoy watching the original followed by 2018.
0: Really? Not, not even part two?
2: Not as much as 2018. I really, there were some things in 2018 that I really love the, uh, the scene at the sanatorium with all the prisoners chained in place. Yeah. The reporter holds the mask up. It's one of my all time favorite scenes.
0: Um. There was a scene cut out of that that I wish that they would have kept. Um, And this is something I have shared. And this is just a pet peeve of mine from storytelling. I'm into story and, you know, I feel like if you're going to cut out certain things, cut out filler, don't cut out integral parts of story. And apparently the scene that the, the clip that was cut out of there, probably for time purposes, was right before, like when he's trying to get when the reporter's trying to get Michael to react. Uh he says, Hi. I have I have the mask and do you remember Lori Strode? And apparently that starts this chain reaction of him wanting to escape. So I think if they would have kept that in, it would have given Jamie Lee Curtis's character like a purpose to be in the film. Because obviously having Lori Strode in the film, great. Having Jamie Lee Curtis back in it, great. But from a story perspective, if we if we look at it with a bird's eye view, really, what purpose does her character have in the film? Because when he breaks out, he's not going after her. He's not going after her family. He's just going on a rampage. So I think if you would have if the idea was to put those two back together, leaving that little bit of dialogue in there could have tightened everything just a little tighter for me. And that's that's my personal opinion
2: right yeah that makes sense that would have been that would have been good to have had in there
0: for sure because that
2: was i love that scene i just i think that scene is really well done
0: yeah it was actually was my favorite scene of the entire film and then it's like i i like when everything's getting chaotic and he's just yelling say something and then it just cuts right to the chilling theme music it was just like it was goosebumps
2: yeah and when he opens when Michael opens the trunk and reaches in and takes out his mask, that's pretty cool too.
0: Oh yeah, and it was shot shot very well. Um for sure.
2: Yeah. Uh, this next I question. I also like house. Go ahead. I thought the house was interesting. Say that one I more time. I thought the house was interesting. I I thought that the house was interesting. Jamie Lee Curtis's with house. With all the doors that closed
0: Yes. Yeah, I did too. And with all
2: the doors locked in the basement.
0: And- yeah. Um I I really I you know, um if you go back and listen to some of my previous episodes especially on this movie, there's a lot of things that I thought that they that they do, that they did really well. A lot of my gripes were just story problems and that's we already talked about that just a second ago. But I said that the last 15, 20 minutes, once they got to her house, it was extremely tense. And that's the one thing that I felt played the best throughout the whole thing. Cause it, you, know, you could tell that she really prepared for him for these 40 years, expecting this to happen. And yeah, that entire thing with the doors closing and everything she was doing, I 100% agree with you. It was... It was really well done. Those last 20 minutes, definitely chilling. And the one thing, you probably didn't catch it, but if you go back, you're going to see it now when you go back and watch it. On the wall, when he walks into the kitchen, right after she blows his fingers off, he's walking in the kitchen. Look on the wall, the original phone from 1978 that he pulled up to his ear after uh, she pulled uh, pulled the sheet off of his head. It's the same phone. Uh, uh-huh. So really? Yeah. When that's you go back.
2: Cool. Yes. Yeah,
0: all these little Easter eggs that they threw in there was neat too. So um, back to uh, Majin. Back to Majin Mello. Uh, his second question or her second question was once again, out of the whole franchise, which masks does she think clings to her as the scariest?
2: uh again i I think probably the scariest master me is twenty eighteen followed by the original. The others I don't care that much for
0: all right uh question number three this is a long one, so if if you miss any part of it, just let me know. Has she ever thought of doing cameo appearances in the upcoming new films of Halloween? I think we talked about that, but um, I know. Probably not for Halloween Kills due to it's already being wrapped, but how about Halloween Ends? Does she maybe have an agent that can get her in touch with Carpenter to make a cameo appearance as another character possibly in the new film?
2: My, my agent did contact uh, Blumhouse and they did not have an interest in me for Kills and they have not responded yet regarding Ends. But I'm I'm still hopeful that they might find something. I've also uh, let James Jude Courtney and uh, Nick Castle know that I would love to have a cameo in it. So we'll see.
0: All right. So now we're going to switch over to the Facebook page questions. Um, well this person already asked something I've already asked. So I'm going to move on there. Sorry, Matthew gross. Um, She did ask this was, was there anyone that she kept in contact with from the cast after filming? So have you kept in contact with anybody from, from that shoot?
2: No, I have been reacquainted with them at cons, which has been really fun, but no one that I was continuing through the years to be in contact with.
0: Eric Hofer wants to know how did it feel when they made Jamie Lee Curtis Michael's sister in Halloween 2? Is what he's talking about. And how did it feel when you became the only sister again in 2018?
2: I didn't like the storyline where she was his sister, I just thought that was weird uh so no i didn't like that and i was very happy when it went back to the original format
0: right on uh we did cover this a little bit but you know i'm gonna let you answer him directly chad morpheus wants to know how does it feel to be the first kill in the franchise and if you could have been in another one of the sequels which one would would you have been in
2: It feels wonderful to have been his first kill. <laughs> and so I feel very honored. And uh, probably 2018, I, if I were younger, I would have loved to have played the granddaughter. I like her role.
0: Right on. Uh, Damien Mortar wants to know, as we all know, Deborah Hill played the young shape in the first kill with Sandy. Sandy's character is actually the very first person to name the killer. Cause you yell, Michael, was it actually Sandy's voice or was it dubbed by someone else? If it was dubbed, <laughs> whose voice was it? And thank you.
2: You know, that is a question I don't know the answer to. Because it sounds to me like they did something electronic to my voice. I don't know if they were trying to make it louder or what. But when I say Michael, it it sounds to me like they did do something to my voice. I don't know that they dubbed it. I think it's probably me, but I think they did do something to it. Could
0: we get you to reenact that scene real quick? And then we'll just, we'll take an audience poll on on if it was, I'm, I'm joking. You don't have to, (laughs) uh, Michael, Michael Bitterman wants to know who was the better lady killer, Michael Myers or Hugh Hefner?
2: (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Uh, Well, you know, that's a good one. Uh, I'd say they both probably killed a lot of ladies.
0: Yeah, and and uh, and 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 very different ways. I suppose.
2: Yes, yes. Hugh (laughs) Hugh Hefner was was a nice man.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy, Uh, our our audience and having fun. Uh, Daniel Parker wants to know how many takes were made of your death scene as it as it was part of a very long shot with one or two cuts, was it super tedious?
2: I believe there were two.
0: Okay. And was it super tedious? He wants to know.
2: Yes, it was because... There was a lot of stuff in the house, the The rooms were small, so they were trying to make sure that they didn't get things within view of the camera that they didn't want their reflections or equipment, and they, we had to all get up those little stairs and around the corner and into the room, and so yeah, it was a tedious, it was tedious shot, and to get, you know, Deborah in place and keep the camera moving and all of that stuff, so Yes, I believe it was two, and yes, they were indeed tedious.
0: Right on. Um, Rodney Parm wants to know, did you get to stay on the set during the filming process? I, I think we did cover this, but we're, if you wanted to come back, could you have you know watched what was going on, or were you just kind of like done?
2: They had actually finished filming because the house was uh, decrepit to begin with, and that's the way they needed it for the later years. So my scene was filmed right at the end. So there really wasn't, uh, I don't think there was really anything else for me to go see.
0: Very good. Very good. Um, Now we've already, we've already um, answered this, but, I'm going to ask his question, and then I'm going to put a new spin on it. So just uh, bear with me. I'm going to ask his question. Adam Griffin asks, what's your favorite Halloween sequel of the franchise? We just answered Halloween 2018, but if there was no Halloween 2018, what would be Sandy Johnson's favorite sequel if there were no 2018?
2: Well, then it would have to be two.
0: Okay. Um, Chris Morgan from Orlando wants to know, what did you think of um, the portrayal of Judith Myers in the Rob Zombie remake?
2: I actually did not see any of the Rob Zombies because I don't like a lot of gore.
0: Amen to that. Um, I'm the same way. (laughs) But, uh, no, uh, I will say that Hannah Hall did a did a decent job. It's just the over-the-top stuff that, I mean, that comes with a Rob Zombie film, is, and this is just me, it did her no favors. I'll just say that. Um, that's as nice as I can be. I, I'm not a fan of his work, and there's probably a lot of people listening to this that love is work and I'm not taking anything away from that. It's just for my personal taste. It's not my cup of tea. Um, but he does have a very acquired taste to his films. Uh, you either love them or you hate them. And I'm, I'm, I'm on the hate him side. <laughs> so. Um, okay. Um, anything that you want to add for the fans listening, because uh, there's a lot of people that are going to be tuning into this. And do you have anything that you want to throw out their way?
2: I just like to tell them that I am so happy that I got reconnected with all of them and that I, I love that they follow my Facebook and Instagram. And I just, that they come to see me at conventions. I appreciate them all so much and, um, they have changed my life and i appreciate that
0: well we appreciate you and i definitely appreciate you taking an hour an hour and a half of your time out to sit down and chat with me uh, you owed me nothing and you did it graciously and uh, we that's one of the reasons we all love you for it so uh, thank you for doing what you do and thank you for being a guest here
2: well you are so welcome thank you so
1: much thanks for listening to halloween unleashed be sure to download rate and subscribe anywhere you download your podcasts from apple google play spotify iHeartRadio, radio and then join our social media channels at our official facebook page at facebook.com groups slash halloween unleashed on instagram at halloween unleashed and on twitter at hween unleashed. Be sure to share our episodes in your horror groups, on your timeline, and on Instagram. We'll be back next week with an all-new episode of Halloween Unleashed.